LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Derek Hanna. And I'm Scott Sanders. And welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every week. Scott, this is big. This is the first of our four series on the growth barriers. And I'm excited about this because we've been interviewing people and having sort of longer interviews. And hopefully we can share those with you as well. But it's just been good to have a longer conversation with someone and, and then just tease tease out the, uh, the particulars that we want to hone in on. I feel like every week we have a long conversation. Are you saying they don't count? You, you and I do, but I'm talking about with the audience, oh, with the listener the out there, the listener, the listener. I don't know if people listen, but anyway, that one thing's brought to you thanks to Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planting Network. We're also proudly part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. And look, we would encourage you to check out our network page on iTunes, see all the other podcasts that are available there that you can listen to. They're great. But for now, you have pressed play on episode 66 of The One Thing, the Growth Barrier Special, Breaking 35. Now, the vast majority of churches in Australia never pass 125. The complexity of you know, church as an organisation or as an organism, as it grows, uh, it, it requires a change in leadership. It requires a change in understanding of, of just how church works. Uh, and that's particularly why over the next four weeks, we want to really hone on these four growth barriers, 35, 75, 125, and 200. Excellent. Well, the first person we've got up uh, in this series is Aaron Boyd. He's a planter in Victoria. Let's hear a little bit from Aaron now. G'day, Aaron. It's so good to have you on The One Thing. Can you tell us, Darabin Presbyterian, tell us a little bit about it. Uh, Darabin Presbyterian, we're in the inner northern suburbs of Melbourne. Uh, church is kind of based in a suburb called Thornbury. I guess think kind of inner city, hipster, latte sipping, kale, munching type scenario, lots of beards. That's kind of, that's where we're at. Uh, so, yep, yeah, we're six years, uh, in our seventh year. Yeah. And we're looking at you on Skype and just let me congratulate you on your beard. Well done. Excellent. <laughs> it's not quite hipster enough, probably. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's good. Um, when did you start and what's been the, um, the growth engine for you guys? Where have you seen people coming to Christ? We started with a, a kind of core team of about uh, 25, or kind of 25 adults and a couple of kids. And uh, probably the main... Uh, over time, the growth has come from uh, families, some families moving closer to the city because they want a shorter commute to their jobs in the CBD, uh, a bunch of university students, uh, yeah, some families who already lived in the area. And uh, yeah, we've, we've seen some people uh, come to know Christ as well, uh, which is a wonderful thing. Not as many as we'd, we'd like, frankly. We need to keep praying and, and working hard on that, yeah. And so if you, when you, uh, you planted with 25 adults, you push through, we're talking about growth barriers at the moment, so 35 and 75 and 125 and 200. That initial barrier for you of um, 35 and the other ones as well, what were the signs for that one first up that you were pushing against that growth barrier? Yeah, probably. Uh, so we started our kind of core team planning phase. There was really uh, Gabby, my wife Gabby and I and uh, two or three other couples uh, in the first sort of Bible study that we had to think about the church plant and then that over a couple of years grew to 25 and certainly by the time we were pushing on the 35 barrier uh, there was already a bit of a loss of relationship 
with those initial couples. Uh, they, uh, and there was just that feeling of we, we don't get to spend as much time together as we used to. My energies relationally are being spread more. And so that was probably one of the key things. And, uh, and even before we launched, you know, we'd started with a core team, which was basically one small group. But, but by the time we launched and we were pushing 35, we really needed four or five small groups to care for people well and feed them well. So those are a couple of things. You were talking already to people about being a church that was bigger than the lounge room and, and bigger than this. How did, how did you do it? And the reality was you're only 25 people, you know. It's a long way before you're actually hundreds and hundreds of people reaching out to the suburb of Thornbury. Yeah. Well, we had a, uh, like we had a vision, uh, which was to see 10% of the city of Darabin deeply satisfied in knowing and serving Christ. And uh, 10% of the city of Darabin, believe it or not, is a lot bigger than 25 people. Yeah. So... Uh, so we just kept uh, talking about that. And uh, I guess another thing we, uh, every time people joined us, at, at every stage of the life of that church, uh, people have joined us and one of the, often one of the first things they say is, oh, I just love the size of this church. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that they were in a bigger church and they're coming to us because it's smaller and more intimate. And uh, my usual response uh, was something along the lines of, it's great that you've joined us, but just so you know, we want to keep growing. And, uh, and so the, the basic underlying theme is, has been everyone's going to have their size preferences, uh, but in the end we have to set them aside uh, for the cause of the gospel. Uh, yeah, so those are some of the things that we sort of were talking about. So imagine, imagine now that you're 125 or 140 40 adult, you know, adults week to week, it's a lot easier to cast that 10% vision that it would have been when you're only 25 people. How, how, did, how, did, you, how did you give people that? picture of something larger when you're so small yeah it's a good question uh i um there is a yeah so in our kind of newcomers events uh we talk about the um the lifeboat and the cruise ship thing that uh sometimes kind of floats around in the in the in the geneva push network yep. and uh and just the uh you know that sense of saying yeah uh, i would always say i know that 10 percent seems like a, a sort of ridiculous vision in, in some ways. Uh, we were really praying for 12,000 new Christians in the city of Darabin. And so, yeah, we get that that's big. Uh, but if it is the case uh, that we're, uh, that people are, in a sense, drowning in their sin and they need to be saved by Jesus, then uh, surely 10% is just a place to start, mm-hmm. a, a sort of a fairly conservative uh, vision on, from that perspective, uh, and so that's the way we've just persisted in talking about it and uh, and praying about it. So then, your advice to the to the to the young church planner starting out would be, you know, wait until you've got 55, 60 people. Uh, yeah, I'd say uh, I'd say thirty five adults and 10, 15 kids would be ideal. Yeah, yeah, it's not always possible. I understand that. And depending on the context and the gifts of the planner, you know, there are lots of variables. But, uh, it, yeah, uh, I think that uh, you guys would be more in touch with the research than me. But uh, I think that there's some stats to suggest that maybe around 35 adults and 10 to 15 kids is not a bad number in the Australian context. I think Scott was pushing you to give his numbers. <laughs> I'm glad you gave yours. Plus, uh, the word is 55 plus. No, no. 55 plus, is, it would be wonderful. Yes. yes. Whatever Scott says. <laughs> As Aaron Boyd, a planner in Victoria. If you want to hear the whole interview from Aaron, just check out our show notes and you can see the whole thing right there uncut.
Now, Scott, let's pick up on some things that Aaron said there. Uh, let's start with vision, because that was an interesting one. At 35, you think, oh, you've got to have vision, but how important can it be? Yeah, well, the the reality is you've, you've actually got to cast vision at this stage because there's nothing to point people towards. You know, a church at this size hasn't actually potentially started meeting publicly. Uh, really, it's it's what's in Aaron and, and Gabby's uh, head for this church that they're you know they're wanting to uh, evangelize into existence, and so it was really helpful to hear him, uh, you know, talk about from the start having conversations with people to actually get them prepared for, you know, the future. They want to see um, people deeply satisfied in knowing and serving uh, Christ, is is what he said. But but more than that, vision was we want to see increasing numbers. We want to see uh, lots of lots of people. So I think importantly at this stage, you've got to paint this vision for people because they're either coming from their existing churches, which potentially look something different from what you're trying to create, but also there's nothing there to actually you know show them uh, what's what's in front of them. Mm. So their vision is to see ten percent of Darabin loving and serving Christ. And so that's the thing they, they kept talking to them about. Um, as you were hearing Aaron talk and you were reflecting on what he was saying, um, what impact did that have for you? How, did you? how have you seen that play out in church plans, that casting a vision? Well, I think you've got to have a, bigger, you know, a vision that's, that's, that's bigger, you know, than, than bigger than what you can hope to achieve. You've got to be lifting people's eyes. So he also used, you know, he used stories in that. Uh, he also used the the image, of, you know, of the lifeboat and the cruise ship. You know, we're not on a cruise ship; we're on a lifeboat. Uh, he started to paint the picture for people. Uh, now, the vision the vision needs to be a shared vision as well. So, bringing people into that story, you know, wasn't it great how how you saw it? it also, needs to be credible. So, in some ways, you might think ten percent's too too large, um, but I think what he's what he's trying to paint there is, hey, you know, we are going to be in the next you know t- three or four years a church of a hundred. Uh, you know, a church of 150, but really the reality is we want to we want to do way more. And even if we did the way more, uh, you know, you even heard him say it's just not enough. Just give us a lifeboat and cruise ship illustration. He mentioned that, and I mentioned that. Give it 30 seconds. You've got to sell it to me. Uh, so it, a lot of churches around the place are, are like cruise ships. You know, there's not an urgency about reaching out to the lost. They're, they're comfortable places. Uh, there's no, there's no real, uh, you know, desire and urgency to get pe- people on them. People are just cruising. You're trapped. On a holler. Yeah, you're trapped. You're you trapped. Get sick from the food. Uh, churches, though, uh, and church plants should be a lot like lifeboats. Uh, they're messy. They're uncomfortable. Uh, we we want to get more people onto light. We want it. We're actually on the lifeboat. We actually want to see people move from darkness, uh, you know, to life in uh, in Jesus. And so that's what church is going to be about. It's going to be messy, and we're going to be all about getting more and more people onto life, but because we're about seeing pe- people deeply satisfied in knowing and serving Christ. That's good. That's excellent. Nicely done. So there's an urgency to it. There's a heat building uh, because we look out, and though they're not here yet, that's, this is where we want them to be in the gospel, hearing the gospel in community on mission. All right. The, the other thing that he spoke about as well as vision, about the importance of casting that vision, having people grapple with it, and grasp it is um, the other thing is loss of relationship. Yeah, see, at this size, uh, it's it's really enjoyable. You, you know everyone. Uh, you know you're making decisions together as a group. Uh, you're seeing people uh, regularly. You know, at this stage, uh, there's probably two. You know, two Bible studies, or there might just be you know one meeting with sort of twenty, twenty five people that, that's been meeting regularly for you know twelve to eighteen months, and that's that's slowly built. You've spent a lot of time with each other. You know, to push out past this barrier, you actually need to start new groups. You need to say, you know, goodbye. You need to meet less regularly with the larger group so you can actually, 
you know, meet in smaller groups. And so there's that loss of that regular relationship um, that's happening. And also for you as a leader, you need to move from, you know, being the glue uh, that brings everyone together to actually delegate and empowering others and actually working through others. You need to be starting uh, to do this or else you're just not going to push past this 35 barrier. Mm. So there's a, there's a real grief, I think, in uh, in that for, you know, the pastor. We, we want to be about doing ministry, but actually we've got to be about doing ministry. It's just doing ministry, you know, through others. Hmm. And one of the things that Aaron said that I loved, he, he said people would come when they were small and say, look, I love this church. I love the size of this church. And, you know, there is something nice about being 35. But his response would be, well, that's great. You've joined. Um, but we want to keep going. We need to, we're not going to stay here. So if you're just joined for the size of the church, you're going to be disappointed. And so again, he's 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 trying to create a picture of you know where we're where we're going now. Your launch days, uh, your birthday celebrations, uh, you know, big days that you can have you know through the course of the year. Now, for a church plant, that's not Christmas and Easter. You know, you've generally got to create that that big day, but you've got to use those big days in your church life to say, here's what it's going to look like when we get to a hundred. You know, this room's going to be fill, filled. We're not going to have enough food. We're going to have to do you know kids' church differently. You know, the music's going to look a little bit a little bit differently in how we do the gathering. These things are all going to change. And the thing is, you've got to regularly paint that picture. I think I think one of the helpful things you know that we keep banging on about at Geneva Push is is having the right expectations as a church planter. And I think often, you know, pastors don't think of, well, I've got to actually set those expectations and help my people actually, you know, understand the changes that they're going to make. So a key, you know, a key part of pushing through this growth barrier is actually, you know, constantly telling these stories, painting that picture, uh, you know, and, and helping people see, you know, what's going to be happening to them over the next little while. Yeah, good. The third thing that he touched on was launch size. So they launched with 20 adults and 15 kids, or was it 35 adults and 15 kids? What did you hear when he was talking about that? Well, I <laughs> I heard him say it would be nice. Uh, it'd be nice if we launched with a, a larger size, partly because, you know, once you send out your kids' church leaders and your kids' church, uh, you know, there's kind of not too many people in the room actually with the sermon. That makes it hard to grow. You know, there's a size dynamic uh, where you you know in a group of thirty to fifty people there will be someone who is like you who you can have a conversation with you go you know this is my community this is where I want to be a part of and so uh, we you know we've been encouraging our church plants to to launch over you know with a size over fifty five uh, and so I would encourage you at this stage actually don't be too quick to launch uh, you can do a lot more, you know, vision casting, vision setting in these smaller, you know, small groups. Keep working hard to build those. Keep working hard to do evangelism mission in those small groups before you necessarily start, you know, doing church. It's the wrong thing, but a public gathering, you know, takes a lot of effort to pull off. You've got welcomers, you've got, uh, you know, people doing food, you've got the musos out the front, uh, and often you're resource poor uh, in that early stage. So, so, so don't launch too quickly. You know, you do need a number of people to actually pull that off. And it's a lot easier to pull that off when you're not regularly, you know, doing, you know, the whirlwind that is church on, on a Sunday. This is really hard. This is really hard because planners go into it wanting to launch. They don't want to go into it starting a large Bible study. And so the the, the angst is always there. When are we going to get going? And at some levels of plenty, you need to send a milestone and say, we are, this is the target date. But you do need to be really careful with that. Um, because you can move it once, but you probably can't move it twice. So you need to give yourself long enough lead time to build that core group so that when you do do all the stuff you've just been saying, um, the overheads don't drown the mission. Now, one of the things that I, I've just 
learned from you know conversations and talking with Ed Stetzer uh, is you, you've got to keep spending time with leaders and the lost. And I think through each of these growth barriers, I want to keep saying, make sure you're spending time with leaders uh, and the lost. Uh, and so in this early stage, uh, you, you know, Aaron spoke about uh, the opportunities he'd had for evangelism, the opportunities he had for you know building those relationships in the community. You, you've got that in this early early phase. In the later phases, you'll actually be working through others and doing evangelism as a, a total group. Uh, but as you have that urgency for reaching the lost and, and modelling that to your 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 launch team and and your church family, you've also got to be spending the time with your leaders and thinking. You know the next the next barrier to, to, to push through. I'm going to actually need to work through others. Mm. Uh, so so be spending the time even in this early stage with your leaders and importantly with the lost. Uh, one of the other things on that launch size that um, uh, resonated with, with me when he said it was uh, about the fact that when people when you're 50 or 55, if you launch with that, uh, there is an anonymity that can a helpful anonymity that can be there if you're a visitor. To not make it feel like when you you know kind of come in you get swamped. One of the things that I've uh, just because I'm a nerd and I like doing this stuff, I came up with a formula for this, uh, which I won't share because it just feels oh, too no, clinical. Oh no, share the formula. No, yeah. no. I won't. X plus look, Y. Uh, X is look, it number was, of people. Y it, is. It was nerdy. It was nerdy. But anyway, one of the things I'm looking for is stickability. Mm, mm. And so if you have um, in more complex ministries that require kids' ministries, um, you know, there's a higher level of overheads with that. But you're kind of working, does the core group we've got match the people we're trying to reach? That increases the stickability, the size of people, the ability for people to connect with different – just that increase in stickability, that number rises, and it's a correlation to the number of people you've got as well, I reckon. Um, yeah. All right, so we have heard from uh, we've heard from Aaron. Uh, we've had uh, dug into three things that he raised: vision, loss of relationship, and the importance of launch size. There, uh, Scott, you've been doing a lot of research in this area. Three resources that are a must-have. Well, particularly this size, you know, the vision is really important. So I just want to give you three books. Uh, on vision that I think will be helpful. They're all kind of unique and different. First one's a book by Andy Stanley called Making Vision Stick. Uh, it's a great book just in terms of giving you a whole bunch of ideas to actually communicate vision because uh, it, it's going to get boring for you to keep casting vision, but it's not going to get boring for you know the other people, uh, you know your, your congregation and for your donors and your supporters and a whole bunch of other people. So being able to think through a whole bunch of different ways to say that vision uh, is really helpful. So that's a great book for that. The other one is um, is, is Will Mancini's book called Church Unique. Uh, just the whole pro- he goes through the whole process of just crafting that vision and casting that vision, uh, and and giving you a vision that's bigger than than uh, yourself. So he's got some great uh, tools there, and I'll I'll give you a few links uh, to his website as well. That'll uh, that you can also see some free resources that he's got as well. The last book is a book by an Australian uh, pastor, Rod Irvine. Uh, it's called Giving Generously. He talks about a, a vision series, and I just think in the midst of that, there's just a whole bunch of really helpful things that Rod talks about in terms of vision. We'll also uh, provide a link as well to uh, some of the talks that uh, Rod has done uh, for for the Geneva Push Network over the last few years as well. So there are three great resources just on, on vision. All right, we're going to throw back to Aaron Boyd for the one thing for pushing through the 35 barrier. I think the one thing is uh, just to communicate to your church at that stage uh, that, uh, yes, it's been a a wonderful time for us to be uh, really just a a big family, uh, but uh, we need to, uh, despite our preference for that size, uh, relationally, we need to press on for the sake of the gospel. Nice. I like that. I like that too. The one thing 
is part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network, and this is a good chance to point you on to our partner podcast, 5LQ. Todd and Daniel, good friends of ours. Look, they um, interview all the important people, uh, Jimmy Mulatto, Darty Lewis, Scott Sanders, Carly Fiorini. <laughs> uh, look, they've also recently done um, uh, breakdowns on the power of moments, a, a book they've been looking at. I'm having a moment now. Yeah, are you? Oh, that's special. Q reflective music. All right. Anyway, look up 5LQ, uh, worth listening to. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing. Coming up in our next episode on Growth Barrier Special, what are we looking at, Scott? Uh, we'll be talking to Conan O'Shea from Lighthouse Church uh, on the Central Coast in New South Wales and, and really getting insight into his experience. I'm Scott Sanders. And I am Derek Hanna. Chat soon. Mm-hmm.